So we touched on the anointing last week, right? And its importance in our lives, especially when it comes to doing things for the Lord or doing things that the Lord wants us to do. But that I also said to you that the anointing is diverse in its operation. So it functions and works in any and every area of life. And remember what I said the anointing is? Yeah? What is the anointing? What was the definition I gave you of the anointing? Yeah? Is to Rub into something, right? Yeah. Uh, to impart, right? And we said its definition is the impartation or the empowerment of God to achieve divine objectives. So God empowers you to do work with supernatural strength, with supernatural ability. And I showed you how. Paul said he worked hard, but he worked by the energy that was working mightily in him. So even though he was working hard, there was something propelling him. There was an energy, a divine energy that was propelling him. So that's the anointing of God. And that all or the desire of every child of God is to walk in that anointing. Or to have the anointing of God in their lives operating. Because it is the anointing that makes the impossible possible. Praise the Lord. So I, 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 want to, I, want to, I want to just deepen our foundations in this teaching. Uh, first, let's start, let's, let's start with our series scripture, uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Let's start there. And then we'll go to Genesis chapter number 1. Acts chapter number 10, verse 38, right? It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. So notice how that the Spirit in this regard is the substance. You understand? The Holy Spirit is what? 
the substance. For instance, for instance, the oil is not the anointing. If I take oil, right, and I rub Mike with oil, the oil is not the anointing. The oil is what? Is the substance. What's the anointing? Is the rubbing. Are you following me? You understand? You understand? You understand? The oil is not the yes, but the substance. Alright? By which you are anointed. You understand? It's what's used to anoint you. So how the anointer in the morning? Right? What the anointer, but you are using what? Aquas, camphor, whatever, right? You are using, right? But the substance is what you are using to anoint yourself. So only God can do the anointing or the anointment. You understand? So he says how God anointed Jesus with the hope. So Jesus was anointed with something. Do you understand? And that something is what is referred to as the substance of the anointing or what was imparted into Jesus. So he says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. You see that? And with power. So the two are distinguished. So he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And the word there is dunamis. Dunamis is miracle working ability. <coughs> see that? So Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and he was anointed with power. And let's see the result of that anointing. Who went about doing good. You see that? Now, I told you about what the word good there means, right? Is the word that comes from philanthropy. It means to bestow benefits. Do you understand that? It means to bestow benefits. So, so, so let, let me use an example. Uh, if I take this phone, right, and I give it to Mike, Right? Whereas he did not have it before. Does Mike have benefit? Because Mike can benefit from... Do you understand that? So the anointing of Jesus benefited others. You understand? So a man can say he's anointed without the anointing benefiting so the anointing was not there to benefit Jesus. It was there to benefit others. He went about doing good, bestowing benefits. If somebody was sick, he healed them. If somebody was poor, he made them well. If somebody, if somebody was in lack or lacked wisdom, he gave them wisdom. That's the power of the anointing. So he went about doing good. Doing good, philanthropic work, giving men benefits. 
You understand? So, so the, 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 those who are recipients of the flow of the anointing have benefits. So the anointing is there to benefit. Okay. Okay. We can substantiate this, right? In 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, the Bible talks about what? How the Spirit of God gives the gift to do what? To profit others. Bible says to profit all. See that? How the manifestations of the Spirit are there for the profit of everybody. To, to, to say don't take, don't take R28 today, take R21 through the word of knowledge is for your profit. So the gifts of God are, are given to benefit and profit others. So the anointing of God works in the same way. If you have an operational anointing in whatever field, is there for benefit. You see that? So who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed? Now there's that word. He says, and healing all those who are oppressed by the for God was so you can see that the anointing works in the spiritual dimension in liberating those who are oppressed or under the power, the dominion or the bondage of Satan. Physically, emotionally, financially, socially, you can be under bondage. You see, satanic bondage or satanic oppression is not only connected to the infirmity of the body. The infirmity of the body is just an indicator of a spiritual presence that is there. But can work in every area. You see that? Poverty is an oppression. It is an oppression. And that's really the first area of the operation of the anointing of Jesus. Okay. Uh, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Verse 16. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read and he was handed the book of the prophet of Isaiah and when he opened the book he found the place. He what? That means he intentionally did what? Searched for it. He found the place where it was written the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. You see that? Do, do you see that? So the spirit is preceded by the anointing. So it is the spirit of the Lord is upon me because why is the spirit of, of God upon him? Because he has anointed him. Remember? He has anointed him. What? He rubbed him. 
imparted into him. What? Spirit and So you can be anointed with favor. You can be anointed with mercy. You understand? The Bible talks about the oil of gladness. You can be anointed with it. But who does the anointing? God. So he says, He is anointed me to do what? To preach the gospel. Now, notice the order. What is the order? He has anointed me to do, to deal with what? To deal with? To deal with? And to heal? Look at it. Look at it. To deal with poverty. Look, to deal with poverty. To deal with? To heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to, to the captives. And the recovery of sight to the blind. And to set liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You know, that's, you know, verse 19 is powerful. Read that part again, verse 19. <laughs> you know, that thing is so powerful. You know, so powerful. So, what used to happen is that every 50 years, what was regarded as the year of Jubilee. Now, it came every 50 years. That means every 50 years, all debts were settled. So if you had any debt and you, and that debt fell into the year of Jubilee, whatever debt you had throughout had to be erased. So if, if you were owing me, right? Let's just say you owed me 100,000. Right? You owed me a hundred thousand and then the next year Jubilee falls. That debt, I must come to you and tell you that that debt is clear. The land would be given back to its original owners every 50 years. So spiritually Jesus said he was anointed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That, that means that, that every time the anointing was present, Jesus could declare liberty, freedom, or the cancellation of sin debts. That's why the acceptable year of the Lord is every day for the believer. Because Jesus is the jubilee of mankind. It's it's powerful because because it 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 it's, it's it summarizes everything you are saying before. I will teach one day on the jubilee of, of God. So, but notice he says the anointing to preach the gospel to the poor. Look at the first area of direction, poverty. Both natural poverty and spiritual poverty. But poverty is the first area of attention the anointing gives. Then it says healing. Then it says deliverance. And deliverance is what? 
preached is not done. That's a story for another day. You see, Mazalwan, Horemotonali Craig says nothing about his spiritual state. You see, you can have a church and have large numbers. You know, and Bobite, whatever they call you, it says nothing about you. Jesus said this. Jesus said, what shall it profit a man that he should gain the whole world? Now, this is not even, he says that he should gain the whole world but lose his soul. It means nothing. It means God doesn't grade man because of the number they have. God grades man on the quality of their soul. So there are elements of immaturity that may present themselves or manifest themselves in any man of God, any woman of God who is not well raised by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God. That's why you have today uh, all these deliverance ministries. But they, where are they now? Where wind, the wind blew them away. They're still there, but the wind blew them away. Same thing with the prophetic thing. The wind will blow it away. Because Jesus said, whatever my father has not planted will be uprooted. So it's important that we, 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 we stick to the word. Line upon line, precept upon precept. The most important thing and what will keep a believer is doctrine. See, this thing is so, is, so, is, so, is so serious that John said, anybody who does not have or profess the doctrine of Christ, says don't even sit with him at the same table. That's how serious this, this matter of doctrine was. That's what John says. He says don't, sit, don't even sit with him at the same table. If he does not hold fast to the doctrines of Christ, just don't even sit at the same table with him. Because you adopt wrong mannerisms. Hallelujah. So he says, de deliverance is preached. Hallelujah. So you can see that the anointing works in diverse ways, but ultimately it benefits the receivers. Agreed? Yes, I want to show you something. An area where many of us can take advantage of the anointing of God's Spirit for our lives. In Genesis chapter number one. In the beginning. Jesus is the only one in the Godhead that he's anointed because he was a man. 
Because he was a? Because he was a? Are angels anointed? Yeah? Do you think angels are anointed? Why? <laughs> Why? Eh? Yes and no. Mama already? Or you can? So that makes them anointed. Can you use God? Can you use the Spirit of God? Does that mean He's anointed? So he said yes and no. Yeah, why? Because the, there was a cherub that was anointed. There was that? Anointed. There was a cherub that was anointed. So based on that, angels can be anointed. Yes. And the no? <laughs> oh, the, the, the no is that the Bible does not uh, state any other spirit being accepted. So, let's find out something, alright? Because I want to show you something, okay? I want to show you, I want to show you something. Because if if angels can be anointed, that means the anointing with which they are anointed, when translated to man, should work in the same way. You understand that? Do you understand that? Because the anointing is the same. The source is the same. So if, if an angel is anointed to do a certain work, right? If you take that same anointing and give it to a man, it must produce in the same way. You understand that? So let's find, let's find out something. So... Uh, where, where is your thing that where the Bible says you're anointed? Oh. Uh, Isaiah. Isaiah? Yes. All right. Isaiah? 14. Isaiah 14. Oh. But I don't think it's the one. I think you're wrong. Yeah. Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Yeah. <laughs> but let's read Isaiah. Isaiah 14, the one he said. Let's read it. Verse 12. Read verse 12, please. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. Amen. You know, that's the only place in the Bible where the word Lucifer is mentioned. There's no other place in the Bible. You know that? There's no other place in the Bible where Lucifer is mentioned. That's the only place. And the Bible says, Oh, how thou art fallen from heaven, O Lucifer. So who is it that we know of that has fallen from heaven? Say. But it looks like in the spirit, he still retained his name. 
You understand? You, you get that? Yeah. So he's called Lucifer. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Oh, son of how you are Amen. So he said, Lucifer means light bringer or light bearer or the shining one. So he was Lucifer, the shining one. Don't forget that, okay? He was he was the bright and morning sun. Yes, that's who he was. He was the morning Son of the morning, there he is. You see that? Yes. Okay. Ezekiel 28. So, so what does that mean that he was Lucifer? What was his function? What was his function? What did he do? Yeah? He brought light. He brought light. You see, can I give you a little mystery? Amen. Yeah? Can I give you a little mystery? Yes, the word Lucifer is actually the same word that Jesus uses about himself. Where he says, I am the bright and morning star. So, is actually the word Lucifer. You understand? That's actually the word Lucifer. So, in, 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 in one light, all Lucifer's hail from the Lucifer, which was Jesus. This is a role or a function that was given at first to a class of beings in the heavens. But after the fall, God moved that position from angels to men. So men in Christ today, we are called sons of the morning. Children of the day. There's a reason why the Bible calls us children of the day and not children of the night. We are children of the day because we are the new Lucifers of creation. The Bible says, Jesus, when Jesus came, he said, you are what? You are the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. He says, you are the light of the world. It is the same title that Satan held. When we move into the new age, when we move into heaven and earth, your, your, your rank in heaven will be displayed by the density or intensity of light you possess. Okay. He, as told, is a mystery. When Jesus showed, the Bible says, he went up on the mountain and he showed, every child of God has that ability within them. Because inwardly, spiritually, you are light. Your closeness to Jesus is, is measured by the light in you that is there. That's why you, you move up in your walk with God and you find out that the light that comes out of Jesus' faith is, becomes 
more, more absorbable. But if you are still growing, many people, you know, don't see angels. They see lights. They see shafts of lights. That, that is only because their frequency, their spiritual state is not able to discern them. But when you grow, you find out that the lights you were seeing were actually figures. So, those in Christ, Christians are the new uh, Lucifers. The Bible says in, in Daniel, it says those will be what? Those who win souls are wise. They'll, they'll be what? They'll, be the, they'll, be, they'll shine like the stars of heaven. It's spiritual. So, Lucifer was part of the class of beings that were called Lucifers. So light is the first principle of creation. Before God creates, light must be present. Now, God is himself light. You understand? He is himself light. Whatever proceeds from him is light. So that's why Lucifers were the closest beings to the God of the throne. Because they, they were who, I, I mean, they were made of the substance of who God is. You understand? So he says, how thou art fallen, O light bringer, O Lucifer, son of the morning. So he brought light. You see that? He brought light. Hallelujah. When God said, let there be light, there was no sun. It's not the sun that came up. We leave it. So Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28. All right. Let's see. Verse number 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden. Automatically, you can see that he's not talking about a physical key, but a spiritual key. A spiritual key. No. How was he talking to him? Think about Elijah when, when, when the word came to him. How, how was he going to talk to him? How was he going to bring this lamentation to him? Anyway, sorry for another day. You are the seal of perfection. Full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You are in Eden, the garden of God. He was full of wisdom. You see that? And perfect in beauty. That's why. That's why. Even thousands of years later, don't underestimate the devil. Don't, don't underestimate the devil. Listen to me. The Bible says, not even Michael brought a reviling accusation against him. Not even Michael. Michael, the archangel. All he said, say that the Lord rebuked him. <laughs> well, now you can speak anyhow you like. Yeah, it might be Satan. Be careful. 
Dale Jorge Galbona, Luigi. Wanga wana silo na tse fufafji. O tata zelo tse ni fubo. Mara, upiwa pepe. Full of wisdom. Perfect in beauty. For instance, do, do you forget the things you know just because you fell? Satan has amnesia. He fell, but he doesn't have amnesia. <laughs> what am I saying? The wisdom he had, he still has. The wisdom, he, the Bible says he can masquerade as an angel of light. How can he do that? What, what, what power, with what ability, with what power does he now fashion himself as an angel of light? The Bible says, and perfect in beauty. Perfect in beauty. Some holy thing. Yeah? Some horny little thing in a looking like a beast. Satan loves himself, bro. You are in Eden, the garden of Look at, look at, look at, look at satanic establishments. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. They just finally healed, bro. <laughs> the Bible says when Lot saw those valleys, they were like the Garden of Eden. Yet it was a satanic establishment. It didn't look like the Cape Flats. <laughs> oh, that was the, 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 the... Oh, no, man. No, 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 no. Oh. You remember, remember when Jesus spoke about uh, Titira? How that it was the seat of Satan? Go to Titira now. In Pergamos, in Greece. So, all this is not Satan's work, it's his crony's work. But yeah, now, no one more, not last time. Perfect in beauty. You are in. Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Not some. Every. It's an anointing. You don't want to know. It's an anointing. Every precious stone was your covering. It's deeper. The swords, topaz, diamond. Beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, emerald with gold. <laughs> the workmanship of your and your was for you. This is where people now messed it up. Your preachers. Your preachers. But the devil, Satan, Lucy. 
He was made of pipes. Hamuva, hola prompita. La sister gets stories. I get no idea of those other things. You know the story. When you think about the devil, you think about some pipe guy. Trompeta, shibo, trumpet, ashima. Get my. By the name, she was a worshiper. Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> Say there was no worshiper. What Bible are you reading? He was Lucifer. <laughs> he, was no, he was no worshiper. But how move? Get us what you were taught. But read the Bible carefully. Next. Read the Bible carefully. Again, let's read the Bible carefully. The workmanship of what? Your timbrels and was prepared. Was prepared. In you was prepared the day you were so were these things created in him or created for him? So were they part of him or were they for him? You get it now? So they were not created in him, he was not created with pipes, uh-uh. but he had. In the same way, the Bible talks about the angel of the last trumpet. Does it mean or does it mean that? But the angel has a trumpet. You get that? That means everywhere he goes, the trumpet is either here or on his head. Same thing with the devil. See that? So Stop with that note. The next time we talk about that thing, or no, pastor, let's read it carefully. Yeah, if maybe they invited you somewhere, or no, pastor, can we read it carefully? Because the Bible doesn't say that. See how we can, how an entire doctrine can be formed out of lies? Even some of you are struggling to believe because pictures into a city like worship leader worship leader Verse 14. Praise the Lord. He says. And you see, the thing that makes people miss, let's leave it. Verse 14. You were. Oh. You were. Oh. You were. The anointed what? Ow, Satan was not an angel. Satan was not <coughs> Lucifer was not he was not he was what those are two different dimensions 
That will explain to you why even Michael couldn't rebuke him. Because in terms of rank, he was of a higher of being. Do, 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 you, know, do you know who are cherubs? What are cherubs? Let, let me show you. Let me just show you. Ne? Let's read it and then I'll show you. You are the anointed cherub who covers. We'll come back there. Let me show you what cherubs are. Ne? Uh, Ezekiel. Ezekiel 1. Do you get that? Yeah. If, if Satan was a cherub, the Bible says he was the cherub. You get that? He was the cherub. The cherub. You were the anointed cherub. He didn't say you were an anointed cherub. Because that would mean you are amongst other cherub. But you were the, that means he held some rank. You understand? Let's read, please. You there? Read uh, verse number. Got to get to what I want Oh, church. Okay, read Genesis 3:24 quickly. Genesis 3:24. Yeah, Genesis 3:24. Be there? Amen. Yeah, please read it. So it's all so And he placed. You get that? He placed there? Now, now, cherubs or cherubim were creatures that were closest to God in that they were the ones that covered the throne of God. Bible. I get uh, Exodus. Remember when God told Moses to uh, to do something, something, to build him a temple. Temple? Oh, leave it. Let's read. Chapter 25, verse 18. Read from verse, uh, verse 18 to 20, 22. I, I want you to read it slowly. Let's read. And you shall make of gold. Yeah? Of two ends of the mercy seat. So if if, if this was the mercy seat, they, they would be stationed facing each other like this. Now, remember where the mercy seat was, right? The mercy seat was in the holy of which depicts the presence of the throne room presence of God. Remember when the Bible says Jesus poured the blood, presented the blood and poured it on the mercy seat of God. That's the holy of holies in heaven. Because remember, this tabernacle was a representation of the heavens or the sanctuary in the heavens. So in heaven, there's a sanctuary. In that sanctuary, there are, there's the outer court, there's the inner court, and then there's the Holy of Holies. And that's where the mercy seat of God was. Now, he said you will make two cherubs. Now, ask yourself, the true cherubs was he making, it was pictorial of the cherubs that exist there. Were those cherubs statues? No. no. There were no statues. 
So he says, you will make two cherubim of gold of hammer work, you shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub on one end and the other cherub at the other end. You shall make the cherub at the two ends of it of one piece with the mercy seat. You understand? So it would be connected. It's not something that's separate from the mercy seat. So he would he would build a mercy carve the mercy seat from one big block. The mercy seat and also the cherub from one big block. Right? And the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and they shall face one another. The faces of the cherubim shall be toward the mercy seat, and you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark. And in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. And I will meet with you and speak with you from above the mercy seat, from the two cherubims. Do you hear that? Says I will meet with you and talk with you from about from the two cherubim between the two cherubims. Ezekiel, quickly. <coughs> Ezekiel. Ezekiel, I wanted to see these cherubims, these figures. Ezekiel, chapter number. Chapter 1. Ezekiel chapter number 1. Are you there? Yeah. Verse number 4. Then I looked, and behold, a whirlwind coming out of the north, and a great cloud with raging fire engulfed itself. And brightness was all over it. And radiating out in the mist like color out of the mist of fire also in it. He's, here he's, he's, he's describing the, uh, the, the, the cherubs, right? Yes. Came in the likeness of four living creatures. And this was the appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Each had one face. Each, had, each one had four faces. Each one had four wings. Their legs were straight. And the soles of their feet were like the soles of cows. They, you know, I've seen these creatures before. You know how they ask, like, you know, when you look at them, yeah, from, from up here, you think it's an animal. When you look at it from up there, they don't have foot like yours. It's, that's their feet. That's how they look. When, when you look from up here, up, but it's all light. Don't look light, like light, but they are, they are, their similitude here, up, upward here, is like a, a creature. When you go up, okay, let's read his description. Let's leave mine. Each one had, each one had four. Their legs were straight, and the soles of feet were like soles of calves. They sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. Ashidim. The hands of a man were under their wings on their four sides, and each of the four had faces. Now these are the cherubs, right? Now, now what were these what were these uh, creatures doing? What were these creatures doing? They were transporting the throne of God. Now I'm I'm just trying to show you how close Lucifer was. Now these these cherubs are transportation systems 
of the throne of God. If God's throne wants to move from one place to another, the wheels are the church. Uh, Hebrews. No, no, Psalms, please. Psalms 18, verse 10. And then we'll go back to Ezekiel. Because I think by now you, you get the thing. Ezekiel. Bible is full of weird things. Psalms. Psalms 18, 10. Verse 9. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. Verse 10, please. He did what? He did what? He flew upon the wings of the wind. He rolled. He flew. He rode upon a cherub. So, do you see cherubs? Are serious beings. You see that? They cover the glory of God. They cover the throne of God. They transport God. So that's why you. That's why you must understand when the Bible talks about Lucifer, this guy, and and the Bible says you were the, not a, you were the anointed cherub. The Bible even specifies he was the anointed cherub. Do you understand that? Like Jesus. Jesus is the anointed one. They are men, but there is the Christ. They are cherubs, but there is the anointed one. So among that clan of, 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 of cherubs, Satan was the top man. So he, he, he had wings like them. When he spread out his wings, light would enfarge. When God would want to see territories for creation, he'd be there. And the Bible calls him the, the meme shot channel. Let's go back to Ezekiel. Because I want to establish something about the anointing. Because many people, when they think about the anointing, they're thinking about feelings. They think about sensationalism. We're not talking about sensationalism here. And and you see, we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. Ezekiel. So he rode upon the cherub. He rode. God. He rode. He rides the chariots. So they are his chariots. Read Ezekiel. You will understand very carefully. Very clearly. Isaiah said, The year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And then he said, He, talk, he talked about what the seraphs, same class, with six wings. One covered their face, one flew, one covered the glory. So Lucifer was. A, a serious being. He was a serious being. You can understand why someone as high as that one. The Bible was full of wisdom. The man until iniquity was found in him. You, 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 you know why he fell? 
You know what was the main reason for falling? Do you know? Think. Now, how can Mudimu if 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 you you don't already feel like you have some some weight? But what caused it? Yeah, what caused the pride? Did it come out of nowhere? He was feeling himself. Yeah? He thought I could be like God. But I'll tell you, I'll shock you. He's not there. You know what caused it? Yeah? <laughs> he found out. He found out something. He found out that angels were not God's plan. How did Satan find out about earth? Revelation chapter 12. He was cast down to the Who unto you inhabitants of the earth? For the serpent is sent out to you. How did he find out about the earth? Oh, to him for what? About the earth, yeah. The Lord talks about uh, one of the things that made him fall was the trafficking that he was doing. The trafficking? Oh, the traffic. Do you mean the traffic was going up and down? <laughs> wow. Let, let's find out if, if what you're saying is, is, is true now. It's Isaiah, okay? It's Ezekiel. Okay. Let's find, let's find out. I get Mike Eric. Trafficking means moving up and down. Let's find out. Yeah. Uh, let's read. Uh, verse 16 again. Yes. By the abundance of your trading. Okay. So, is trading and trafficking the same thing? No. Yeah? Is trading and trafficking the same thing? Well, you know what's trading? You, know you know what you should put there? Merchandise. Yes. So is merchandise and traffic the same thing? I don't know why I No, it is trafficking. In King James, it's trafficking. Yeah, yeah. yeah but <laughs> don't be thrown off thinking it's trafficking. So, so here's this guy. Man. He has all the power, all the wisdom you can think of. The Bible says he was the seal. He was the cap of perfection. If 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 God want, wanted to preach on perfection, he put Lucifer here. If he wanted to preach on wisdom, he put Lucifer here. So this guy had it all. Until the Bible says iniquity was found. Iniquity was found in you. Where did he come from? What role did? Yeah, fine. Uh, he wanted to be like God. What probed all those thoughts? Because he wanted to be That means a possibility was known that God can be like too. You understand that? Yes, sir. Now this is before, before even Adam, before 
aeons before that. Aeons. This is not a matter of this. The, 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 the Adamic race, the, the Adamic earth, in the post-Adamic earth in which we live in is only 6,000 years. Don't be fooled. Right? Is only the earth is not 6,000 years. The Adamic era is 6,000. The earth in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning. Not 6,000 years ago. The beginning was not 6,000 years ago. So the earth, as, as it is, has went through many transformations. But the earth is, is billions and billions of years. That we give them. Because it was created in the... Now I get it. Now you understand it. You get it? You get it? Yes. So from the, the time, the age of man, let me put it that way, is 6,000 years. But the earth predates the existence of man. But the earth had in it creatures called men. Before the Adamic man. You follow? Yes. So, it must have been known to the celestials that earth was being seeded or was being primed or prepared for a new race. You follow? And that race, according to the archives that the celestials were privy to, would be like God. That's why Satan's number one enemy is not angels. Satan's number one enemy is man. Because it is man that took or became what he wanted. You understand? So it's not, it's not, like, it's not like Satan started hating man out of nowhere. No, the iniquity was born from what? From the revelation that you are not God's cap boy. God is still going to create something that is more glorious, more like God than you are. That's why angels are servants of men. And Satan thought, me? Me? I'm going to serve these dudes? Until iniquity was found in you. So there must have been a discovery that he had made that, oh, I'm actually not the epitome of God's creation. The epitome is coming. Do you understand that? Because remember, all everything that has happened, or everything that is happening is this is not new. All that has happened has happened before. The Bible says there is nothing new under. Do you get that? Your birth is not new. <laughs> it's like it's like the birth of Christ. The Bible says he was slain from the foundations of the world. Now think about it. If Jesus, he's a man, was slain from the foundation of the world by the coordination of God, what more others? 
It's difficult for us to understand. Because the activities of eternity are beyond time. In eternity, you can move 500 years into Mike's life. And it still not be past, it still not be future. That's eternity. It's outside the, 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 the realm of space and time. So it was known. God must have revealed this to them that I'm going to do this. I'm going to create man in our image. And there on earth they will form a colony. They will extend heaven from the earth. Lucifer's like. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. While there's still time, let me use the power I have to dethrone God. <laughs> this guy was full of wisdom. But do you understand what it means? Was full. I mean, you, you could talk to God. The Bible we have the mind of Christ. It's with the mind of Christ that he should instruct the spirit. But he says, we have him. This guy would sit and talk. That's one of the reasons why he could, he could dissuade a third. 33%. Do you understand that? That's a third. 33%. Of all God's angels, Satan took with him. 33%. It's a lot. 33%. 66% is left. 33%. He got them. He got them. How? Wisdom. So, he was, he was the anointed. You, you, you get that? You, you get that? He was the Mimshak Cherub. You know what Mimshak means? It's an anointing. It, it, it's the power to expand. You understand that? You, you are the anointed cherub that covers. So what, what was it? Satan could cover, could cover territories. He was Mimshak. Mimshak is expansion without limits. It's the ability to stretch yourself. That's Mimshak. To spread. For instance, all the trees, all the, all the trees, all the grass, all the plants in the world were planted by Mimshak anointing. They operate on Mimshak. They have the ability to spread. That's Mimshak. So Satan was that one. He could spread. He could spread his light. To vast galaxies. He could just spread. So he was anointed for that purpose. To cover and to spread. Now, here's the question we ask. Right? If this cherub Specifically, the Bible says was anointed. That should tell us that in some capacity, all angelic classes, all angelic beings are anointed. They are because they carry out what? God's work supernaturally. Are you understand? Are you following me? Are you following me? Are you following me? So the Bible talks about the angel of the waters. 
That means he's anointed for the waters. The Bible talks about the angel of the suns and the stars. He's anointed for them. The Bible talks about angels of the four winds. They are anointed for them. Because an anointing also determines one's geolocation or place of function. The parameters of function. You follow? So we agree that angels are anointed. Do we agree? Angels are anointed. Are angels stronger than men? So, so much confidence. <laughs> You're stronger than an angel. You're stronger than an angel. You are. Wow, really? Okay, prove it. <laughs> prove it. Yeah, quote the scripture. I'm made of the image of you made in the okay let's prove that so i'll give you two right? i'll give you two scriptures that disqualifies your proposition your your your, your disposition psalm, psalm 8 psalm 8 verse 5 Psalm 8, verse 5. Yeah? You have made him a little lower than the angels. And you've crowned him a little lower. You have made him a little lower. You have made him a little lower. You have made him a little lower. Above. You in the image. You have been made. You have been made. Yeah? You have made it. Wow. Then. Wow. So Pilapila, you are you are what? You are what? You are what, Pap? Confidence. Let me give you one. Ayo paralyzed. No faith. Psalm 105. you after church weeks. Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verse 20, please. Bless the Lord. You? So who is he talking about here? Angels. Yeah. Let's read, please. No, put, leave the excel. Put them mighty. Who are what? Mighty strength. Who do? His word. Heeding to the voice of his so I'm asking you again, Bob. Are men stronger than angels? No. <laughs> no. Why? <laughs> Fifth angels. 
possess more strength than humans. Angels. They can, they can carry the earth. Angels, right? And we said they are anointed to do they are anointed to do that particular thing. So they are anointed with strength. Right? It's supernatural. Now, was there a man in the Bible who had the strength of angels? Yeah? Who? Samson. He had the strength of angels. Why? Why, why, why did he have it? It was anointed. Now, I want the terminology. Use the 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 no, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord came upon him. What? Come on. <laughs> the Bible says, and the spirit of God came upon him mightily. What? Mightily. Oh, mightily. Mightily. What is he talking about? He's talking about the way in which the spirit came up on him. Right? He didn't come up upon him beautifully. <laughs> or softly. He said, mightily. Mighty. So the spirit on Samson empowered Samson with what? Supernatural or rather angelic strength. Because what was operational? The same energy that was infused in the angels was infused in him. So man could do supernatural feats in the same way angels could if they were anointed. If they were anointed. If they were anointed. If they were anointed. La flow again. If they were so the anointing does what? The anointing proofs the supernatural dimension of angels. So if angels are anointed to heal, men must be anointed or can be anointed to heal, and they should be able to heal in the same way. Again, do you agree? Do you agree with me? Yes. So when we say an angel of peace, what do we mean? The angel has been anointed for peace. The book, you know, you know, God has angels of destruction. You know them. You you've read about them. Where? And where else? Imagine, he's not the money, the destroyer. He's, he's God's man. So you can see that the anointing of God must be able to duplicate its operation in man as it works in angels. You follow? Here, that removes something, sensationalism. And this tells us that really what's going on in the church to a great degree, is not anointing, is what? 
Because anointing, there's, there's proof. No sensationalism. seeing in the church. Gimmicks. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> because if the anointing want to be present in a place, in a people, it would produce a change. Results. Because if an angel were to wield the anointing, it will produce something. Do you see that? Can you see that? Genesis. Now you can see. So don't dare say, that guy's anointed. What? What? <laughs> What? Oh, he can preach. He has anointed to preach. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see that? Because there's an anointing in every arena or in every aspect of God's work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it is our obligation to ensure that, number one, we acknowledge the fact that it exists, and number two, we pursue it. Like for instance, Jesus said, the Spirit of God is upon me and is anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That means there was an anointing specifically to deal with poverty in the lives of men. And you know what's the most powerful resistor of the anointing? Do you know what it is? Unbelief. So an anointing in your life can either increase or decrease or be hindered from operating Gehazi. <laughs> okay, let's let's look at something. Let's look at something. And then I want us, then I want us to focus on Genesis, okay? Hallelujah. Kings, kings, kings. Kings. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? Chapter 
chapter number four. invited the prophet right so every now and then the prophet would be passing by you know her house and stuff so this woman one day said hey come come let's prepare something here for you you know let's prepare something woman prepared something you know how it is i don't know the prophet you know he's a man of god what did he say again turn a little you know i don't know the prophet man of god no says I Joe once in a while, just blessing the man of God. Then one day, something terrible happened to the woman. So that child was a product of the prophetic word, right? Ne? Yes, so <laughs> then he said, Ashiu, Ashiu. Verse 15. 14 said, So he said, What then is to be done for her? You guys don't know. You know, what then is to be done for her? And Gehenna asked her, Actually, she has no son, and her husband is old. That was the condition. So he said, Call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, About this time next year, you shall embrace her son. <laughs> ah! Imagine these guys, how long they've been married. Yeah? Imagine. Guys, even old now. No sound. This guy is coming. But this time, next day, he will embrace the sun. He's deep. He takes something, huh? He takes what? What is that something? An anointing. But the woman, and she said, Ah, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your main servant. But the woman conceived yeah. and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her. Now the question is, did God or Elisha give her the baby? Who, 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 who made it possible for her? God or Elisha? Here's a question. Wasn't this woman praying all this time? Probably went to some fasting seasons. Nothing. Why didn't God answer her? 
one day I was saying to the Lord, I was asking a lot of questions. Oh, I asked a lot of questions about life, about ministry. And then the Lord said, There are already servants I have told concerning this thing you ask. Find their material, read it, and you'll have your answer. Then I realized the problem with many of God's people. They want answers for which God has already provided the solution. God will not give an answer whereas he has provided a solution. He will not. For instance, for instance, you planted you both of your both of us planted a a tree. My tree grew, yours didn't. At that time, what's the answer you need? How? If you go to the heavens, the heavens will not answer you. Why? Because there is a place where God has already provided for that mystery. Because your mysteries are somebody else's real-time solutions. Your mysteries in life are somebody else's experience. You understand that? Yes. So there are times you can pray and pray, go, nothing. You know what God will say? Go read that book. You know how many times God had told me that? Say, go read that book. Because we think, we think that God moves all the times. God is eternal. God is ancient. The Bible says his ways are fixed. The, the same principle, the same principle operated aeons or 30 years ago, 40 years ago, is still the same principle today. God's principles don't change with the times. God is not unsure of himself. So, the Muslim men of God don't lie. I told you, if, if you want to fix up your health, you go look for a doctor. If you want to fix up your car, you don't go to the doctor, you go to the mechanic. But if you want to fix up your life, there's no other place. You must find a man of God. <laughs> oh God Almighty. <laughs> if you want to fix up your life, you find a man of God. Oh God. And it's something you see, it's it's what it's something that God's people I keep to Rirala. Is it is it a demonic blindness? Or is it I don't know. Think about this woman, Andy. Think about this woman. Was the heavy prayer for Elijah? Oh God, Rebobo! Shama! Yeah! <laughs> Not, nothing of that sort. That's it. Next year, this time, we'll embrace a son. That's it. That's all the men say. 
No woman thought ah she's lying, but she embraced Isa. Yeah. It's the same time when those three angels came, and the Lord said to uh, about next year this time Sarah will conceive. I say, uh, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me in my old age. The baby will pop another egg. Well, why did you laugh? Why did you laugh? Come. Uh, and verse 18. And the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father to the repast. And he said to his father, My head, my head. What was he saying? What was he saying? What was he saying to the father? His head was painful, headache. My head, my head. So he said to him, carry him to his mother. <laughs> A mystery happened here. You see that? My head, my head. Father, hey, I'll be so on my when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat, he sat on her till noon, and then he died. My head, my head. And I won't. Dead. Strings. Chris, what, what happened to the strings? <laughs> Let's read. Give me, give me, give me twenty minutes, all right? Praise the Lord. You there? Let's read. And then she, he died, okay? And she went up and laid him. On the bed of them, <laughs> and shut the door upon him and went out. <laughs> she understood, at least she knew something. She knew something. At least she knew something. And then she went up and laid on him, the, uh, and then she called on her husband and said, Please send to the one, uh, one of the young men and one of the donkeys. Now, this guy was sleeping there, he had his own chamber, I mean, this woman entered into a dimension of possibilities. There are things in life, my brothers and my sisters, will they, will, they would have never happened, or will never happen, unless you come before the presence of an anointed figure. He ran, went to the man of God. So he said, why are you going to him today? It's neither the noon nor the Sabbath. And she said, it is well. She didn't tell him that the son is dead. <laughs> then she said, the donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. So she departed and went to the man of God and Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her far off that he said to his servant Gehazi, look, the Shulamite woman 
please run out to meet her and say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered, it is well. What faith is this? Now when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near and pushed her away. Gehazi. <laughs> but the man of God said, let her alone. For her soul is in deep distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me. And has not told me. No, normally he'd know. But now the Lord has hidden this thing from him. So she said, did I not ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, don't deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, get ready yourself and take my staff in your hand. Whose staff? Get, uh, uh, Elisha's staff, right? Yes, take your staff in your hand and be on your way. If anyone meets you, do not greet him. If anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Now Gehazi went ahead of them and laid the staff on the, this is one of the most striking things in the entire Bible. Because Gehazi is, is Elisha's servant. So he's, he's with Elisha every time. So there's no reason why this anointing should not work. Because the prophet of God already gave the instruction. Take the stuff, put it on the child. And he shall leave. Gehazi went. He went ahead of them, laid the staff on the face of the child. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Then he went back to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awakened. But what happened? The anointing failed. The anointing it's, it's, it's a dimension that many of God's people are operating. You pray, nothing happens. The Bible says there was neither voice nor hearing. It's a dimension that many of us in our lives are struggling in. You pray, nothing happens. God opened the heavens. The heavens are still yet the more closed. God move. There's no movement. God bless. There's no blessing. God heal. There's no operation. There's no operation. No, don't look at me like that. Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. You cry, oh God! Nothing. Gehazi. Gehazi. He's running back now, telling the man of God, it did not work. So there are times we give instructions under the anointing of God's spirit. And the people do it and nothing happens. And they think, I there was no anointing there. But there's no reason why there should be no anointing there. Because that anointing has been working. I'll show you. There was nothing wrong with the staff of Elisha. Nothing wrong with the staff of Elisha. You know sometimes the anointing will not work in your life because... Of the friends you have. The company you keep. The relationships you are in.
you know the the prophet Elijah when the three kings came and he, he had beef with one and it was the one he had beef with that asked him for a word from the Lord and he said if you are not for those three these two kings I would not regard you because that guy was wicked he said I would not regard you but because of this bring me a ministry so they, sometimes their own don't work in the church is like that Gehazi is in the house. <laughs> Look what Gehazi said. He returned and walked back forth in the house again. And put forth. Oh, where are we? Oh. And the child is not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, there was. The child lying dead on his bed. <laughs> he went therefore, shut the door behind the two and prayed to the Lord. He went up and lay on the child, put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands, and he stretched out himself on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned and walked back forth in the house again, and went and stretched himself out on him. Then the child sneezed seven times, and the child's eyes opened. And he called Gehazi, and she called the Shulamite woman. So he called her and he came in. Pick up your son. He leaves. It's the intelligence of the anointing. You see, the anointing can be discerned if, if there are things in your life that should not be there. But Gehazi, you know what was Gehazi's problem? Do you know what was Gehazi's problem? Come on now. You know what the anointing didn't work with Gehazi? Do you know that? Do you know that? I'll tell you one day. Okay, next week, maybe. Or find out for yourself. That's your homework. Genesis chapter 1. So sometimes you find that, you find that there can be no supernatural activity in your life because of, of certain physical presences around you. Be careful of relationships. Of relationships, be careful. They can hinder your life very much. The Bible says, after Lot left Abraham, the Lord came. There are things in your life. Will you see, one of the reasons why Job's condition perpetuated was because he kept wrong relationships. You know, when God came in Job chapter 38 and he spoke to Job's friends, what did the Lord say? He says, you did not speak of me rightly. Nevertheless, before I destroy you, go and ask Job to pray for you. The advice you take from people. All these things, they can hinder you. No, it's fine. They can hinder you spiritually. They can kill you. They can kill you. There's no person I've ever seen in life, no person I've ever seen, whether in the book or in life, that has ever disregarded the word from the Lord and survived and lived out their life in peace. There's no one. Because such things don't exist. The word of the Lord is, is the administrator, the facilitator of all life. 
to go against it. Remember what, what happened with the Egyptians? Of those who did not regard the word of the Lord? They said, oh, what? I mean, they've seen miracles happening. They've seen the signs. They're still saying, oh, what? Oh, what? Oh, what? What happened to their livelihood? Evaporated. Because they had no regard. So there's a place the anointing must have in your life. Tell me, what, what will your mother do for you to make you enter the promises of God? What will your father do to help you enter the promises of God? If there's a promise, if there's a word from the Lord, then it's come from the Lord. What would your mother, your father, your, your relative do for you that will ensure that you enter? Show it to me. Show it to me. Show it. Is there anything they would do? But you find men holding in high regard people who cannot make them enter God's promise about those who can. He's doing his inside. I ask you, what? Tell me, what will your mother, your father, anyone in your relative, how will they help you reach the promised land? Tell, show me, show me how. They don't know. Where will they start? Where will, tell, show me, where will they start? Where will they begin? You guys don't know life. You don't understand life. You don't understand how life works. You don't know. You don't, you don't understand how life works. And that's why you can be, you can come into Christ, become a Christian, and then all, the best thing there is about your life is talk. All there is to your life is just talk. Talk about what you're going to do, who you're going to be, what you're going to achieve. Talk, 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 talk. You can talk. But you need power to move from to move from the wilderness into Canaan. You need power. Genesis. In the beginning was in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the, the earth <clears throat> the earth was without form and at any point at some point in our lives the experience of our lives was genesis chapter 1 verse 2 to some of you either you are still in one aspect of that experience or all of them some of you just darkness. You don't know to go left, to go right, to do this, to do, to go up, to go down. It's just darkness. Some, it's void, emptiness. You've got nothing to show for your life. You've got nothing. You can't, there's nothing to show what you've done with your life in all the 20, 30, 40, 50 years you've lived. Your life is to who, who? 
Bible says formless, chaotic. When you look at your life, it's just chaos. Because the earth was without form. Some of our lives are like that. We grow up in years, but there's no structure to our lives. There's no form to our lives. Life is like Ruben, it's like water. Shapeless, formless, colorless. Our life take on whatever shape we go through in life. Just void, empty, dark. Void. But there's hope. You see, my... If you will take the zeal you have for your work, you have for your girlfriend, you have for your family, you have for other things in your life. If you will take that zeal, that, that energy, that passion and invest it into the spirit of God. There is no telling what God can provide. There is no telling what God can make out of your life. He said, and the spirit of God. See, the anointing of God is always present. Always. The abilities of God are always present. But they may not necessarily be operational. See, the spirit of God was hovering, was brooding over the face of the deep. He did nothing. This is the mystery behind all Christian suffering. All the Holy Ghost in the world. Nothing changing. All the spirit in the world. Life still the same. Is it possible that there is something we are missing about the operations of God? Is it possible that there is something we are yet to understand? A switch that might not be lit up. They should be switched on. Is it possible that with all this Holy Ghost in our hearts, in our lives, is something we don't know? Is it and the spirit? Think about it. All void, all dark chaos. The spirit is there. He's doing nothing. The Bible says he's incubating, he's hovering, he's brooding. Over the face of the deep. Broody. This shows us that the solution, the key to liberty, the key to freedom, the key to, to, to finding form in our lives, to finding fullness in our lives, to finding structure and light in our lives is the anointing of the Spirit of God. Is the anointing of the Spirit of God. That if I'm, listen, 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 listen. There are no universities here. There are no primary schools, secondary schools here. 
You understand? It's, it's not about whether you finish your grades or not, whether you you pass or you fail. No. It's about understanding the intelligence of life. And you see how God uses the anointing to bring form, to bring shape, to bring re restructuring, to bring hope, to bring glory, to bring fullness. It is in the spirit of God was on the face of the deep. The spirit. The one with whom Jesus was anointed with. The same person that Jesus was anointed with, he says, he hovered. That's why you find Jesus could, could, could bring hope, could bring life. The Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's your hope for glory. You, 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 you find him bringing form in life. You find him bringing light. The Bible says, and the people who sat in the dark place have had a light shine in them. The spirit of God. He is there. But you must figure out the light that switches him off. There are things, you know, there are things that, that trigger the aggressiveness of a cat. Put a cat in water. That cute little thing will turn into something. It's the same with the Spirit of God. There, there are things that aggravate the anointing of God. There are things, not aggravate, there are things that trigger the operation of the anointing of God. And one of the things we learn of what triggered the Spirit of God in Genesis is what God said. Words. Quickly, John chapter 6, verse 63. John 6, 6, 3. Let's read, please. It is the Spirit. It is the Spirit that who gives life. It is Jesus recognized it. Say, so it is the Spirit who gives life. Yeah? Yeah? The words that I speak to you are what? Spirit and they are life. So there's spirit in Jesus' words. There's life in Jesus' words. There's spirit in Jesus' words. There's life. What made Jesus' words powerful was the spirit in the word. I just opened up for you a doorway into the anointing of God. Read Psalm 103 again. I'll show you something. And then we're going to pray. Psalm 103. Verse 20. It says, Bless the Lord, you his angels. Who excel in strength. You who do his word. 
Now that's the, that's, that's the mystery behind all angelic power. Think about it. All angels do. Their existence, all they do is God's will. All, all, whatever, whatever, whatever it is they are doing at any point in time is God's will. And, and, and he chooses to use the word excel to really point to something in their strength that increases as they do God's will. So you can see that the, the energy, the, the, the power, the strength they have comes from the thing they are doing. They are strong because they do God's word. Yes, sir. They are mighty because they, are do, they do God's word. They are anointed because they do God's word. Remember I said to you, the anointing will work in the area that God has what? Has God has commissioned work. And the work of angels is God's word. So the anointing in their lives, in the anointing that is operational with them, operates in consistency in how well they do the word. Because the word of God is the reservoir of anointings. is the fountain of anointings. All the anointings of life are in the word of God. So if an angel is going to be strengthened to minister, that angel must do what it has been assigned. Mary, Mary got the secret. Mary said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's where the glory is. That's where the power is. The power does not come after the doing. The come, oh Lord God. The power does not come before the doing. The power comes as you do. So many of God's people are waiting and nothing is happening. Who would have known that Peter could walk on water had Peter not done his word? Who would have known that the man who saw, who saw men like trees could see if he had not done his word? Just you who excel in strength, you who do his word. They do his word. They do his word. There, there, was a, they, there must have been a configuration within every angelic system that energizes them to do one thing and one thing only, what God says. Because that's where the power is. So shall it be. The word that goes forth out of my mouth, it does not return unto me void, but it accomplishes whatever I have sent it. What did angel Gabriel say to Mary? He said, there shall be a performance of all that the Lord God has seen. It's an understanding that all beings who operate in allegiance to God understand that God does not say and it does not happen. God does not speak and it does not come to pass. Yes, Everyone that is connected to God understands this mystery. That if God speaks, it must be done. Yes, so the anointing follows the word. <laughs> it can be there, but it will never work without the word. That's why Jesus never healed without talking. Never healed without speaking. Always words preceded the operational power of the anointing of God. 
If an angel comes, he does not do without speaking. Blessed and highly favored are you, O Mary, among all women. Why have you come? So a man's life remains in chaos, remains in darkness, remains immobile, remains empty in the absence of words. Of words. Let me read you something. Continue reading then. Continue reading then. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts. You ministers of his who do his I said everybody, read. Bless the Lord, all who use his hosts. I said everybody, read. Everybody, read. Bless the Lord. You his angels, you excelling. You who, who do his word. Heeding, heeding the voice of the Lord. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his, who do his pleasures. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of dominion. Bless the Lord, all my soul. This is heeding to the voice. It's something you Christians must learn. Until you learn to do according to the word, the miraculous in your life will evade you. The supernatural will evade you. God will be as non-existent to you. Because the, 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 the supernatural follows the word, the speaking of God. He says, and nothing was made, nothing was done that was done without the word. You understand that? There is nothing that God does without the word. I mean, if God does after talking, who are you? Issue is we're functioning by Genesis. Genesis. Now we're going to pray. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 28. There's a distinction. Here's the thing. There's a distinction between a man of God and a lay person. They're not the same. A man or a woman of God Set is not the same. The Bible said that David had the wisdom of angels. They knew it. It was known that you don't mess with David. You mess with him at your own peril. Why, why was that so? So that to keep a distance between the or the reverence between the the hell thing on the man. 
and the people. When God called Eli, uh, 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 Aaron and his sons, one of the things he said to him, he said, separate yourselves from the people. And then he said to them, you shall sit inside the tabernacle for seven days and see no man. Then thou shalt be separate from the people. And one of the ways in which it was known that this one was different, it was the clothes they wore. It was the clothes they wore that distinguished them that, oh no, these are priests. And if, if you wanted to find out the high priest, he would have a different kind of attire from the rest. Are you following me? Yes, sir. Are you following me? Yes, sir. So when Aaron would walk, everybody would know, oh, that's Aaron. Oh, no, that's Aaron. Or they would know, oh, those are Levites. Oh, that's Moses. Why? Because the, the Bible says, let them create clothings for them as to separate them. Now, in the New Testament, how God separates men is by the anointing. Because the clothing on the priesthood was indign in, 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 uh, indicative of the anointing that was on them. You dare not wear the clothes of a priest if you are not a priest. You will die. Look what Uzziah tried. He tried to offer or tried to do the job that he was not anointed for because he thought he was king. Leprosy struck him. So how God in the church divides or sets separation or marks, landmarks between the anointed for service is through the anointing. That's why if a man is anointed, don't try and test the spirit. Don't try and test the spirit. Because you try and test the spirit, chaos begins to begin to start in your life. Touch my, touch not my, and neither do my, there's a separation. How you deal with the anointing of God is how God deals with you. Hmm. Not the man, the anointing. Because you should have the eyes to perceive an anointing on a man. Hmm. So you think Elijah was like the sons of the prophet? You think uh, Paul was like the layman? No, otherwise there's no... Jesus said this, says, I says, I hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. You know what the Nicolaitans would do? They would make no distinction. No, why should we listen? We, we, Layman, no, we can pastor, give us an opportunity to. To say something. <laughs> That's what the Nickelodeons used to do. You know what that, that's doing? Yeah? You know what that's doing? You, 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 you are placing yourself above that which is commissioned. And you're no longer fighting the person. You are, and it happens in life, in all areas of life. In all areas of life. You must learn to divide between the set anointing, operational anointing, and other forms of anointing. Because if you don't do that, what happens, what begins to happen in your life is that you begin 
strange things will begin to happen to you. Anointing must be respected. You understand that? An anointing must be respected. If you're going to operate the anointing, like Gehazi, if you're going to operate the anointing of God, you must respect it. You've got, you have to respect. You must respect it. That's one of the things you must learn to do. Respect the anointing. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Did I say we must open something? Genesis. Genesis 1 with Let's read. I'll continue this next week. I want us to pray. Thank God. God bless. Let God bless them. That's the anointing. That's the anointing. You see that? That's the God could not expect Adam to do the work without an anointing. So he did what? He blessed them. That's the terminology that's used there. He blessed them. Then God blessed them. Listen to the blessing. Be fruitful. Multiply and fill the earth. Subdue it and have dominion over everything on earth. That's, that, that, that's the blessing of Adam. Be fruitful. Look, he was anointed to be fruitful. If, if under, under the blessing, if Adam planted a seed, it will become a forest. A seed. It become a forest. It's the anointing. He says, be fruitful, multiply, increase. Anything he did came on increase. Then he says, feel the earth. Popul it, this must show us something, that we are not really functioning under the anointing. Check your life. Has what has come into your life increased? Has there been an experience of multiplication in your life? In any area. Not talking about finance, finances here. I'm talking about any area of your life. Have you increased in wisdom? Have you increased in knowledge? Do you know more than you knew yesterday? Do you understand more than you understood yesterday? That's the, that's the, if you are operating the blessing, it must be in that dimension. All, most, some of you all you know about school is what you learned in grade 8. And then waiting, we come back again. Rarape. Don't work like that. That man, if you are 40 or 50, you should have the power to reinvigorate yourself. It's in the anointing, it's in the blessing. This world only bows to the anointed, it only bows to the anointed. Those who are unable to rise to the standards and demands of the anointing will live life as slaves. I am asking you, have you increased your knowledge? 
in the last two years, in the last two months? Have you increased your wisdom? Have you multiplied your assets? See, so we, we, we're not operating the blessings. We're not operating under the anointing, the empowerment of God. The Bible says about Daniel, the Bible says God gave them 10 times more wisdom. It didn't come because they were chilling. The Bible says that they, they, they understood. They were given understanding of all the language, the literature of the Chaldeans. Means they were into books. What probed the spiritual experience of Daniel was a book. Was a book. That Daniel would fast and pray and see an angel from heaven and give him revelation of 500 years into the future. It was a book, one verse in a book. So it was Adam's responsibility to learn how the earth functioned, to learn how things operated. See, we're not functioning the blessing. We are functioning something. Read that verse again. Be what? Productive. Be what? Productive. In other words, produce. Produce. He's not talking about producing babies. It's talking about production in all aspects of life. Yeah? Be, be productive and increase. Fill the earth and subdue. Are you subduing or being subdued? Are you subduing or being subdued? Now here we're not even talking about Christianity. We're talking about you as a human being. Hmm. This is the blessing on a human being. Hmm. Not, not we, we, I'm talking about the inherent anointing of a man. Yes, sir. Human being, being a man. And the, the mere fact that you, are, you have come onto earth, you are a human. He says this is what's been allocated. Hmm. It's a command at the same time a blessing. And then he says what? Have dominion. Have dominion. So how, how do you have dominion if you are not productive? If, if, how do you have dominion if you not learn how to increase? How do you have dominion if you not learn how to feel? Hallelujah. We can't blame God for our lives. He has not already made everything necessary to ensure that our lives is in accord to his will for us. We can't blame him. We can't blame him. Let me read you one last chapter. Revelations, and I will pray. 
Thank you, Holy Ghost. Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. Verse 12. Please read it, everybody. Revelation 20, verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And what were open? Books. And what were open? Books. And what were open? Books. Yeah. And another was open. According to their works, by the things which were written in the books. Stop there. If books are opened, if books in the heavens are opened, where periodically there are times where books are opened, books containing the details of men's life, destinies, works. What are you doing in your life with books closed, with no book before you? Let me read you one last verse. Joshua chapter 1. So who's speaking? The Lord. Okay. Verse 8. This, this, this what? This book. Wait. So if I come to you, right? And with no reference to what I'm saying, and I say to you, this book of the law. Will you understand what I'm talking about? Why? Or if I come and say that book of the law. Would you come would you understand what I'm saying? But if there's reference to what I'm saying, and I say to you, this book, what other book would I be referring to? No other book except the one. So when God was speaking to Joshua, what was in front of him? What was in front of Joshua when God was talking to him? What did God tell Moses to write for the children of Israel? A what? What? What did God say that Moses must write for his people? Uh -uh. He wrote what? God is talking to Mo Joshua about a book that Moses wrote. And who told Moses to write that book? In fact, you are wrong. It was God that wrote it. The Bible says, come, I will write on this tablet and God is telling the man this book Jesus he says it is what it is written, it is written of me Lord I have come to do thy work in the volume of what book. what books are you reading and Daniel saw by the books 
the number of years that was what determined for Israel. And the angel comes to him in chapter 12. He says, I have come to tell you what is written in the books of the future. Your translation says the scriptures of truth. But the true living translation says the books of the future. I've come to reveal to you what is written in the book. That means the angel wrote, read those books. Yes, Otherwise, you wouldn't have told him what was written if he didn't read it. You live life with closed books. Your life will be a closed book. There was a Jesus found where the scriptures was written. I'm trying to teach you a mystery, both young and old. Both young and old. Words are the fuel of the soul, fuel of the spirit. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by words. If a man wants to improve his life, a man must receive into his systems quality words. You, you, you remain in one level. Um, listen, you remain in one level. One level of operation, one dimension of life. If you don't learn how to appreciate words. Words. The Bible says these things were written that you might believe. These things were written that you may believe. Yeah. It says when a king comes and he comes on the throne, let him write a copy of the entire law. There's a reason. Both young and old. All you do, you watch TV, you watch this. Listen, you are diminishing the value of your soul. You are diminishing the potentials of your spirit. The spirit's fuel, the spirit's energy is words. <coughs> Otherwise, all these 66 books in here, God will not instruct men to write them. Are you listening? God will not instruct men to write them. You live your life with a closed Bible. Your life will amount to nothing. You live your life with closed books. Your life will amount to nothing. If you want to take your life from one dimension to another, become a man of books. Become a woman of books. Trust me. Trust me. One day an angel said, meditate. Meditate on all the, all the words in this book. For in it I embedded all the anointings and graces with which the man who instructed to wrote had. And the books were open. Yes, and men shall not live by bread alone, but by words. But by words. Let's all rise and get ready to pray. I'm telling you, 
That's why your life has remained at one level. You live with closed books, but you are a friend of movies, of series. You are a friend of pictures. God never said, live by pictures, he said books. Out of this book, the key, the key, the key to accessing anointings, he said this book. The key to accessing graces, this book. The key to accessing revelations, this book. The key to accessing mentals, this book. How, how, how else would Daniel have received an encounter if it was not for what he read? Because what began it all, what sparked it? What sparked a change in the man? A book he read by Jeremiah that said 70 years and then Israel will be delivered. And that book changed his whole life. That portion changed his entire life. What books are you reading? What books? God, God, Mudimu, Mudimu. This book. God said it. This book. This book of the law. This book. You shall meditate. Shall not depart from your mouth. Yes, you shall meditate on it day and night. That thou may observe what to do according to all that is written in it. Then you shall make your way prosperous and have good success. This book. You leave with closed books. Your life will amount to nothing. Anointings you could have accessed, graces you could have accessed. I was shocked, I was shocked when, when I entered the house of Saul in one of my, my encounters, the, the house of Paul in one of my encounters, and I found in his library, in his office, a, book, a, a, a bookshelf that expanded, stretched out into the throne room of God. Almost like it was connected to God's throne room. And the Lord says he's, 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 he's been allowed to have access to the archives of God. Out of that book, he picked up a book, he gave me a book. He said, read this book. The book was about how to walk closely with God. I remember one of my visions when Jesus was giving me was giving me a message for the nations, judgments for the nations. I saw him. I was entering into his office. He was writing. I was standing at the door, and the Lord said to me, do you want to see? What's this? He was writing. There were books. There was one big book like this, and there was one he was still writing. This book of the Lord. If you want access anointings, Ancient anointings, anointings that can prosper your life, improve your life, is this book. This book. If you want prosperity, 
if you want success, if you want the ability to deal wisely in the affairs of life, he says this book. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. But I just wanted to open that doorway for you in the spirit. To understand that there are certain things in life. There are certain things in life. How many books you open is important. Because they can unlock certain things in your life. They can unlock certain things in your destiny. Some of you, your book, your, your lives, your destiny is held. You can't move forward, backward because the key is missing. This book of the law. If you want to become a master of words, how do you become a master of speaking? Of communication? If you are not induce or have not induced yourself with this book.